Hi, I'm Brett Robinson. Welcome to the Redeeming Hope Podcast, and thanks for tuning in. We trust that you'll be inspired, uplifted, and encouraged as we look into God's Word together. Good, good morning to everyone. Good, good to see you all. Glad to be back here. Thank you for the worship. It's always wonderful for Ingrid and I to just sit, just enjoy. For so many years we've led worship and we're finding it more and more that we just be able to sit and just enjoy the worship at times. So it's great, absolutely great. Um, I want to ask you a question this morning. Um, so how's your year been so far? Um, just think for a, for a moment. You, we're only January, February, March. Just think of it, only nine months till Christmas. Just think how excited. Nobody gets excited about that, all right? Okay. No, it just starts worrying me when you start seeing Christmas decorations in the uh, shops here in August, you know. Okay. I've got five grandchildren, so I know exactly what happens there. It's fine. Nothing throws me anymore. <laughs> yeah, so maybe you're... Maybe your first year, first couple of months have started stressfully. Maybe it's been tiring, exhausting, challenging, disappointing. Maybe you've had a bit of a health scare. Um, maybe there's a relational issue. Uh, maybe there's family struggles that you're having. Maybe there's financial str- struggles. Or, if you look at the first two months, you look back and you go, well, I'm very thankful, very grateful. It's been a rewarding time. It's been the relationships that were a struggle is now it's it's restored, um, reconciled. I've got a good health report. Everything about that. You see, most of it. Why I'm asking you that, and why is it that it's the perspective we have from the position we are positioned. In other words, how do I see my life ahead? Do I see tomorrow as bad? There's a wonderful saying by Corrie Ten Boon, who's a lady who was in the, the concentration camps. But it's something, it's a saying that she says, I could never get out of my head. It says, she said, worrying about tomorrow steals the joy of today. And I've, I've never got that out of my head. As much as I try and say, okay, I've said it, I know it. It, it really sticks with me. I say, if I worry today, if I worry about tomorrow, it's going to steal the joy of today. Because when you think about it, you're never living in joy. You're only living in worry. You're worrying about it. And um, one thing we do realize that when we see our life ahead of us and we struggle in this, if we really believe that I'm a follower of, of, of Christ, I know, I know, and I'm assured of it, that I have the support, that I have the experience of His strength with me every day. I did a funeral yesterday of somebody that I didn't know. It was amazing to watch how the people came, came in, and I watched how the family who really drew from what Christ's strength is, what Jesus' strength is, I watched how they rejoiced. It was a sudden death, 57-year-old person. But I watched how they grabbed it. And they said, they know it was sad. There was obviously was sorrow. But in that moment, I thought, Lord, 
you can't go through a day like like this without God strengthening you. And you could see some of the other people that didn't know them as well, but probably didn't have that, and they were confused and questioned and, 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 and very, very upset by it. And I thought, but just look at them. They, the family's drawing from a source that we know. But you see, sometimes we're struggling to find our, to see our life. We can't get the right height to see over the worries. Our, 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 our struggles, even the mountains are so high that we can't look over it. But you see, in Psalm 121, I want to read this to you. It says, I look up to the mountains. Does my help come from there? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. And many of us believe that maybe we're not worthy of this grace or this mercy and we struggle with challenges in our life. But we are so wrong in this. There is grace and there's mercy for us every day. But the only challenge is that people don't realize that we've got to make him Lord and Savior. And this is a sentence that I've said in, in my sermon so often now as well. We talk about making him Lord and Savior. And we know that Savior is a one-off decision. You can get up this morning at the end and you can come forward and say, Lord, I make you Savior of my life today. But making him Lord of your life is an everyday thing every day you can say that i committed my life to the lord and made him my savior when i was young but do i make him lord of my life every day but reading that psalm reminded me of a, a story that i read in a book many years ago i was given the book uh, tommy tenney wrote the book and the story reminded me and in november we were with our boys overseas and uh, the, the picture came again and the whole of last year there was a song that my son was singing or no that my grandson was singing to my son and it was a song i want you to go listen to it when you get a chance it's called shoulders and it's by the, the group called for king and country it's probably the most powerful song i've listened to in many years but the message of the song walked with me for the whole year and this story of Tommy Tenney's book reminded me of this sort of thing as well, where this little girl, his little girl walks into the elevator with him. And as she walks in, people come in. And as suddenly she says, Daddy, pick me up. I can't see. Now, can you imagine? What was she seeing? She was only seeing kneecaps. Look at my grandchildren. When they're in the elevator with, with me, they can see nothing. I can see everything. And as he bent down to pick her up, God said to her, that's what I, I want to do. I want to do that to you every day. I want to pick you up. I want, to, I want you to see the, your, your, the viewpoint of your life from my heart. So this little girl, he picks her up, picks the little girl up, and she can see. You see, the elevators, or lifts as we call them, reminds me of... The way we see things and the way my children used to see it when they were small, the way my grandchildren see it is not the way that I see it. And the way God sees my problems or the issues that you're carrying today is not the way we see it. See, God never intended us to have a limited vision. Never. Always wanted to have a higher view, a view, a viewpoint. The only thing is, is that He wants us to surrender to Him. 
And then when I realized again, that little girl, went, when she did this, and she said, Daddy, pick me up. What is that? That's a sign of surrender. We know that anywhere in the world, hopefully, if you're having a war and you walk out and you do this, the guy hopefully is not going to shoot you. Because it's a sign of surrender. But it's also one of the postures of worship. Someone, some, also often when people, when I lead worship, you'll see some people will surrender. They will stand there absolutely surrender to it. And this little girl says, Daddy, pick me up. So he goes. God says to me every day, Andrew, I just want you to do that. I just want you to worship me. I want you to surrender to me every morning. I want you to say, Dad, just pick me up. I want to see beyond the mountain here. And you've heard the sentence before. It's been quoted by many people. It's so often we need more than an attitude adjustment. We need an altitude adjustment. We get our attitudes right, but we still stay down here. We deal with people, we counsel people, and I realize, yeah, but doesn't the guy see it? Doesn't he just see it that it's so simple? You can just get a little higher, and you'll see the issue differently. And the question I asked myself again, so what's God's perspective of my journey, of my problems? One of the things I did realize that he sees everything. We cannot hide anything. And that's quite daunting. That. You sort of think, well, I can just keep this one quiet here on the side. Here. He sees everything. And this revelation to me keeps reminding me that what I do, why I do it, and what my motive is, is known to the Father. Why I do it, what I do, and the motive that I do it. And that keeps me in check. I keep asking myself, you know, Andrew, if only you knew this earlier in life. You suddenly realize what I do, why I do it. God, what is the motive in this thing? What is my heart in this thing? But then, what puzzles me is that why do we prefer to be down on the, on the ground? Uh, we allow people's words, people's actions to break us down. We actually allow it. We feel more comfortable here. We even convince ourselves that we're more secure down here than sitting on his shoulders or in his, or in his arms. And you see, the one thing when I get to heaven one day, I'm going to say to the Lord, there's one thing I've got to talk to him about. Um, other things, but just one, one thing I want to ask him about is this. Why did you give us a free choice? God, you know, we could have solved everything in the world if you didn't give us a free choice. Because the free choice is the issue. Imagine if we had no free choice. You've got to do this. This is how it's going to happen. And that's it. It would have been great. But he gave us the free choice to say, all right, I can, I will, no, I choose not to. We even prefer to stay down. It's our, it's our comfort zone. And then another thing is that becomes our identity. So while I'm down here, I'm identified by where I am down here. Ingrid and I had a very interesting example of it when we handed over to our son Dwayne five years ago. In, my, in myself personally, I thought this was my identity. I really believed that. I thought this was it. And God said to me, no, that's not you. I said, come on, God, if I stand behind you, it's me. Take that thing away and I'm nothing. 
God said to me, no, Andrew, it's not. That's what you think it was. Ingrid and I thought that worship was, that was who we were. No, it's not. He has far greater things for you. But it, had, it took my head. Suddenly around my, I had to mess, the, the battle was here. What happens here? Because it becomes our identity when we even down here. Okay, I'm fine here. This is who I am. You know that wonderful saying where people say, well, that's just the lot I've just been given to carry. Rubbish. I don't read that. But I use it. I use it and I drag this thing. On. We deal with people and I say, yes, God, just do me a favor. Just, just let this thing go. Really, you know, I, I, I can even say the word guarantee. It's going to get better. Just leave it. Or we're falling down and staying down. Instead of saying, Lord, I'm going to get up again. Amen. And the success is not how many times you fall, it's how many times you've got up. Amen. And you say, Lord, I'm going to get up again. Whether I'm sick or you've had an illness, you said, Lord, it's been a struggle. And I've got better report now, and I'm going to get up and I'm going to get better now. You see, the question I ask you is why do we come here on, on Sundays? It's funny that your, your church meets on a much higher plane. I just thought of it when I was dry, driving in here. That you could see actually better here. But Redeeming Hope has had a great history. If you go right back when it was in Brett's home, where God's presence has always been. Worship has been an incredible time. It's something that, that and you experience it now, we experience it today. But let me say this to you. You can come Sunday after Sunday and they can have the best coffee, which I know they said they have. And the best rusks, and that's the best that they have. And the worship can be the best that they have. And the sermons that they have, you can listen to it and be great in it. But it's not enough. It will never fulfill you. If you encounter God and you come here to encounter Him, all those other things are as important as everything. But to encounter Him, to know when you get out your car and you say, Lord, I've had the worst week of my way of, of this, this year, but I'm really trusting to encounter you here. Whether it's in the coffee time, or whether it's in the worship time, or whether it's in the sermon time, it's the encounter part. Because you know what? The encounter part is the only thing that's going to carry you with. It's going to carry you with you. Everything else, you'll, you'll, you'll walk away and go, great. Okay, that was good. But if, I'm, if I've encountered, Ingrid and I have had the privilege of going to many little churches, and when I say the little towns and all of that, and we've done church in interesting areas, but I've always been so amazed when God's presence comes, it doesn't matter where it is, and you can taste it, you can feel it, you realize, yeah, Lord, that's why the people meet you. That's why we come. So when you arrive here on Sunday, you've actually got no an, an, an excuse because you are lifted up. So you can actually walk a couple of stairs up and you can go, yes, Lord, I've come to encounter you here. Let me look above what my world circumstances are. See, all those extras are very, very important. But we need to encounter that. You see, the same problems that you had before you entered the church are still waiting for you outside. But your perspective has changed. They seem smaller, but not because they are smaller. They simply have lost their power to overwhelm you. Because 
he seemed bigger and he is bigger and he is God of the impossible and I'm going to add in a quick testimony that I, of a um, family member of ours I haven't written it yet but my, bro- my brother-in-law went in for an operation months ago and there was an infection problem at the hospital and he landed up in ICU he broke all records 128 days in ICU doctor said not going to happen we sat down doctor said look give him a week maximum that was in November so we prepared look this guy's not going to make it induced comas the story is just endless nine drips at a time it was a terrible story and it was not you would sit and watch him and his blood pressure would be 120 over 80 and you'd turn again to the machine it would be 60 over 40 and you turn again it would be 40 over 20 and you think okay he's going to die now and we watched this and we, and, and we prayed. And my son Dwayne with, went with me one day into ICU and we were, we were praying. And they had him in an induced coma. And Dwayne said, Dad, I need to pray Psalm 41 over him. And uh, I turned to Dwayne and I said to him, you know, Dwayne, I wonder if Peter can hear. <laughs> and Dwayne, without even missing a heartbeat, he looked at me and said, Dad, his spirit can hear it. So I thought, you know, we both pastors, but geez, I should have known that. But, but it, it was a bit of a slap in my face in the way. But it was true. Did you see how I thought in that moment? So Dwayne prayed this. Yes, we prayed this thing. And we prayed Psalm 23 over him day in, day out over it. And we watched these statistics and all of it. And one of the doctors came and he said, listen, ignore that machine. I thought, geez, how can you ignore that thing? It's got budget and, thing, and alarms and, and everything going. He came out, long story short, came out. Supposed to go to Aurora for six months. Went to Aurora for a month. He's now at home, walking around. They gave him a walkers. They gave him this to recover and all of that. He uses none of them. When I saw him the other day, I said, you know, Peter, when I touch you, there's a modern day miracle right now. We can never doubt, our family and that will never, ever, ever doubt that He is the God of the impossible. Everybody said, no, He's broken all the records. Now He's got a special little room named after Him. I said, I don't know if it's good or bad, but anyway. All right, but it's amazing. When I watched how God faithfully, and when Dwayne said, Dad, His Spirit hears it. When we speak that over Him, His Spirit's going to hear it and fight it. My story of my little grandson, we were on the island with him, and they were going to light a Christmas, Christmas tree. And he came out, and there were lots of kids and people and noise and all that sort of stuff. And he said, Grandpa, pick, pick me up. And I said, Levi, okay. And I picked him up, put him up, and he said, there, you see, Grandpa, I can see the tree now. And we watched the people, and he watched everybody coming around and singing around, and I suddenly remembered again, yeah, God, I thought, this is where I've got to sit. This is where I have to sit. Then I realized something else. In all the chaos of that evening, Levi was that close to me. The proximity to my ear was even closer. And he said, look there, Grandpa. And I realized then, when we sit on his shoulders, the proximity to his ear is so close. You can say, Father, it's been a tough week. I'm tired now. We don't realize that. My little grandson, then I did that terrible thing, you know, you know that thing where you take your kid and you put them on your shoulders. 
you know, with their legs here, and I realized that my grandson's getting bigger and heavier, and I realized that I'm not getting younger, so that was, you know, and I, and I realized, but I held him here, and I realized that he was secure and safe. And God said to me, come on, Andrew, this is just like what you're doing to Levi now. I want to do that to you every day. All you've got to do is just call to me. But you see, Isaiah 9 verse 6 says that those shoulders that we sit on was even designed for greater things. It says, for a child is born to us, a son is given to us, and the government will rest upon his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. A government shall be upon his shoulder. But if we look at the world today, 2 Corinthians, in it it says that Satan is the god of the world. John 16, he's the ruler of the world. Ephesians, the devil Satan is referred to as the prince of the power of the air. Revelation 12 says, John the apostle saw that the kingdom of God and the authority of Christ will come. And Satan, we can see what's happening. If you see what's happening throughout the world, I said to Ingrid last night, I said, if you look at some of the news, we see we've got some issues here, but my goodness, there are some countries in the world where I'm going, things are really bad. But the prophecy goes on and says, the day is coming when the government of the world will be seized from the hands of Satan and placed in the hands of the Lord God. We will have a new king, a new government, and it will be in the hands of him. Jesus shall reign, but his kingdom will not come through our efforts. Rather, the kingdom of our Lord will come at a God-appointed time. Amen. Let me say that again. A God-appointed time. We should all not be here if we followed the movie 2012. Everybody thought the world's going to come to an end. Remember they made the movie that the platelets were going to move and we're all going to die. The Mayan tribe said that it's going to happen. It's now 2019. And there are many guys that we're seeing on Facebook saying, it's next Friday, it's going to happen last Wednesday. And we see this and people panic over it. And yes, it does remind us, God, am I ready to meet you? But the question that says here, at a God's appointed time. The only thing I need to know about is that I need to be ready. I can't sit on the fence. I've got to know, God, you are my Savior and my, and, and my Lord. See, this child that was, that was born would carry the weight of the world. He would carry my sin. Because he carried my sin on his shoulders so that I could receive forgiveness of my sin. And he says this in Isaiah 43. He says, forget the former things. Yeah, what don't we understand by that? Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? Even ask as I don't, but don't you see? So often God does new things in our life, and, and I can often see it in a guy's life. We were walking with a guy now. I said, He said, But God's not in this, Andrew. I, I can't see. I said, Listen, man, <laughs> let me show you. Let me tell you, God is in this thing. Can you see it? Uh, yeah, a little bit. I'm going, but why? It says, do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness Amen. and streams in the wasteland. That's what, he's, that's what he's doing for us. 
what I love about as well as the shoulders that we listen to or that we hear about is going to be carrying the weight of the world and the government of the world. Jesus responded to the religious people in an amazing way. We know the story very, very well in Luke 15. Where he says, if a man has a hundred sheep, and we know about how the hundred sheep go, and he leaves the 99 behind, and he goes and looks for the one. He goes, and when he found it, he, he, he would joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. Okay? When he arrives, he will call together his friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, because I found my lost sheep. Leaves the 99. And it goes on and says, In the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. But what do you notice there? When he found the sheep, can you imagine? What happens when your dog goes out the gate and runs down the road? Okay? And you've got to run down the thing. What do you do? You, normally, you know, normally a guy would say, Oh, come on. I'll come back inside. It's fine. You normally get quite happy. I mean, you get quite angry. Now, no, he didn't stand over the sheep and say, You dumb animal. Why? What's wrong with you? No, 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 no. He lays the sheep on his shoulders, rejoicing. See, the shepherd uses his strength on behalf of the sheep. He rejoices over us. There's no condemnation in it, but he leaves the 99. And he sees me straying and he says to me, Andrew, come here, come. He walks, he leaves them. And he comes to me, he says, Andrew, I see things that come, come here, come. Picks me up, puts me on. And they rejoice about it. The thing that always surprised me in my life is that one thing, seven billion people in the, in, in the world. But he calls me by name. He knows me by name. And he's willing to lift me up and carry me. The word says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's all he asks for. He doesn't ask us much. Romans 10 says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Maybe... Some of us here today are a bit broken or a bit weak. The pressures of life hurts. Things have not gone right the way things should have been by the start of the year. What you thought was going to work out for the year didn't work out for it so far. You know what? All he's asking for you is just to say, Hey Dan, I'm tired now. I know it sounds a bit crazy. It's only the third month of the year. But I actually want to surrender and I want to say, Lord, I just want to come sit here for a while. And I want to gain that, that, that strength. And I want, to gain, I want to gain that focus again. See, Isaiah 43 promises you this. Promises us. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. Through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burnt. And the flame shall not consume you. And we know about the yoke. When he says, pick up my yoke, it's lighter. It's much lighter. I always think to myself, yeah, if only I knew some of this. I knew the word was there. But if only I lived some of it early in life. So when I see my sons carrying those yokes, and I say, hey, guys, 
you don't need to really carry this. You know, there is a lighter way. And Matthew 11 says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So will we lean or do we lean on him? Do you lean on him? Will you permit him to place you on his shoulders? Will you reach out to him this morning and just say, Lord, I really want to find a better place, a better resting place with you. May I ask that, is the government of your life on his shoulders like he will be picking up the government of this world? He's the one that will go and look for us. He does. He walks to find the one. And every time when he sees them, I'm like, all I've got to do is call on him. But yeah, I can even understand why it takes me so long to actually call on him. And I said, Lord, in that moment, I could have just called on you to ask for guidance and wisdom in this. And when you experience that moment and you find peace, you see, there's only one thing we realize. That in that Psalm, that Isaiah 6, it says, just let me go back, back there. Just remind, remind us. It says, and a child is born to us, a son is given, and the government will rest upon his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. There's only one Prince of Peace. And try everything else. There's only one Prince of Peace. So can I ask you to bow your heads here? And if I read this scripture to you again, how do you relate to it when I say Psalm 121? I look up to the mountains. Does my help come from there? No. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. There's only one Prince of Peace. There's only one shepherd that will leave the 99 and go look for the one. All he asks is that you just stand in surrender and you say, Lord, I... I lift up my hands to you this morning. No matter what age I am, no matter what work I'm in, no matter what I'm doing, maybe it's a, a relational thing, maybe it's a health thing, maybe it's a financial thing. Maybe it's just wisdom. Maybe you just need some wisdom and say, Lord, I need to move somewhere, I need to do something. So, if you want to do that, I'm going to ask you just to stand. It's not about me or person next to you it's about the person yeah, it's about about the person they can't help you you see he picks you up he picked up the one so if you want to raise your hands just in a sign of, sign of surrender to the lord say lord this morning i i really just want to be lifted up here and you can stand whenever you want to it's at your own time I look to the mountains. Does my help come from there? No. My help comes from the Lord 
who made heaven and earth. Whenever you're ready, you can stand it. I'm going to ask you to come forward. I just, or if you want us to pray with you, we can do that. as you feel. Thank you, Lord Jesus. See, the shepherd uses his strength on the sheep. Even when we're tired, even when we're weary, he's the one that lifts us up. We don't have to even climb up. My grandson didn't need to climb up. He didn't have, he didn't have to struggle and get onto his grandpa's shoulders. I just picked him up simple task all he did was ask me and say grandpa i need to be lifted up i just want to see better i want to see my problems better i want to see over this giant i want to see over this mountain i'm i'm crowded i'm seeing kneecaps and legs and crowdedness and anxiety i can't see further the furthest i can see is my hand but i just want to lift up this morning lord i just i just want to be picked up and I know God in His faithfulness will give you that experience of being lifted up on His shoulders. See, we as His children rest on the same shoulders that the government of the world will rest on. No one else, only the followers, followers of Him will rest on the same shoulders because we are heirs. I am a child of God. I'm no longer a slave. So this morning, Lord, I pray for those. I pray that they would, they would truly experience. Father, I lift up my own hands here. That, Father, you will constantly, that I will show you a sign of surrender, Lord, that you will bend down and lift me up. And I will see beyond this, Lord. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle, humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light.